welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. We are your weekly comic book reading club that covers, what do you call them? First Issues, the beginning of the story most of the time. If you're a longtime comic reader, sometimes First Issues are just as convoluted as number 536. Ha, gotcha. <laughs> and sometimes issue 536 is issue number one. Feels like a first issue and a great jumping on point. And you're probably scratching your head like, what the hell does that mean? Hold on tight. We'll explain it as the series goes on. <laughs> this is why you have First Issue Club. Totally. We're going to help you navigate those muddy and murky waters of the comic book industry. And we'll do it gladly because just like Sue Storm, we love a good read. We are the... Uh... A prime example of uh, stupid people asking stupid questions. Uh, sure. You know what I mean? Like, you may be scared to ask these things in your uh, local comic book shop. Yep. We're not. Nope. <laughs> and we have. And we brought back the answers for you. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's the best part about a podcast is not only do we ask the stupid questions, we answer them too. Mm -hmm. Whether their answer is correct or not ultimately right. doesn't matter. I'll tell you what I think. Yeah, fact yeah. check us. Yeah. <laughs> you won't. You can't cancel me. <laughs> Actually, you probably can, so please don't. All right. I am Mike D. I'm Greg. And I am Vargas. And and together we are uh, the the speaking portion of the club, and you, the listener, are the non-speaking portion. I mean, you can talk to your stereo or whatever you're listening to this on, but yeah, um, we're not necessarily going to talk back. If you do want to talk to us specifically and hear your sweet little voice on the First Issue Club podcast, we do have a phone number. We do. Do you remember it, or you can just off say, the top check, of my head? So here's the thing: you about can the say phone. check our social. One eight hundred comic book. Surprisingly, it was available. That's what pisses me off. We <laughs> got this like burner app thing to like do these fun little phone call bits. I can't make the phone number. Sure, like it's just randomly given given to you, and the number we got doesn't spell anything cool. So I can't even like make a fun little thing uh, to joke about. Sure. But if you want to call in with a question, comment, or just to yell at us, call eight one six five seven nine. 1734 message and data rates do apply text or call no one from first issue club will text or call you back i have to be very specific about that if you're calling to chat i'm not going to talk to you that's what twitter's for no that's what this podcast is for we'll talk back at you like a week later through a yeah, recording through this now if you want to hear your voice check out the discord yeah. First Issue Club. Uh, we do some shows over there sometimes. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com backslash First Issue Club. What are we doing today on the Patreon? We got Tales from the Shop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have some uh, questions about trading comic books at yeah, we're comic book con conventions. This weekend and you're wondering what to do about some books you've got. Uh, I've seen it happen before. Yeah. So I'm going to dip my toe into bringing some books I want to unload and see what I can get yep. Hell yeah. from that. Um, Probably talk about some variants that we've purchased right on on eBay. Good shit. I don't know if I have a list to yell at, but I'm sure I can drum up something. All right, great. Um, on today's episode of First Issue Club, we're going to hit some news like we always do to start the show. First thing I saw was that Image is now off of Diamond Distributors. It's on Lunar. On Lunar now, which is what DC uses, correct? Yes. Last I heard, DC was on Lunar. So they're a Tuesday book then? Yes, they are. Right. Okay. No longer is Wednesday the dominant day for new comic books. It's uh, Tuesday and Wednesday now. Yep. Um, Image was the largest publisher that was on Diamond. Left? Yeah. 
Um, I know Boom is still uh-huh. on mm-hmm. Diamond. I want to say Dark Horse. Maybe. I think everybody but the Marvel, big three. DC, and Image. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that could be right. They lost their three prize hogs. Yeah. yeah. I know that... Honestly, thank God. <laughs> it's like, I don't have any reason to like love or hate Diamond. It's just like Nero playing his violin as the city burned. Like... <laughs> I, I for think, so long Diamond was like the the, the monopoly of the whole industry. Yeah. Well, and they got too big for their britches. Like, mm-hmm. I, ask anybody who owns a shop, and they'll tell you the horror story of like books coming in in a box that's been you know stepped on and a dog shit in it. Yeah. And they don't send you replacement copies or whatever. Like, or they just don't send books at all. Yeah, they yeah, just they don't, don't send the right ones. <laughs> they yeah. don't arrive on time. I know there was a lot of delay. Yeah. problems with diamond uh njd up in new jersey told us stories about how sometimes his boxes of books wouldn't show up till the next week yeah yep. and, and as a shop you can't survive on that no. instability at that point especially if there's a book that someone's dying to pick up or read mm-hmm. if you wait a week someone's either bought it online bought it at a yeah. competing shop just to get their fix like that's tough yeah so yeah i saw that and so um i mean i don't know what diamond's gonna do to maintain i mean Um, i mean unless they offer just gigantic discounts to boom and dark horse for (laughs) being loyal yeah i i wonder if they're striking out at these like hot new hotness indie publishers like whatnot and uh that's right whatnot's still on there. you know some of those guys like that seems like that has to be the place that they go if they want to try and stay competitive it could be, and who a lunar may have just showed up to image and just given them a badass deal. Yeah. Um. So who who knows what's going on behind the scenes? But I think, I think what's really telling is people are just fed up with diamond for sure. And now that they have different options, I mean, you're you're gonna go shopping for for better deals out there. Yeah. Well, and it's the larger publishers that have the infrastructure to handle more of the process on their own, mm-hmm. which I think is why lunar saves them money is that they're taking on the burden of some of the distribution process right it's like how some people use those t-shirt companies that yeah print your logo and mail them out for you right the print on demand (laughs) yeah like they may take a little more off the top but i don't have to worry about (laughs) shipping out 25 (laughs) t-shirts yeah and marvel is penguin right yeah Mm -hmm. because that's weird it's owned by Disney probably Disney a yeah. Disney subsidiary or whatever. I will say this: the new like collected edition trades that Penguin's putting out for like Doctor Strange and Fantastic Four and older books like that are gorgeous. Speaking of, <laughs> they're beautiful. Speaking of, and also news: Micronauts. Let's get into it. That was my piece of news. That was my next one. They're reprinting all the Micronauts stuff. So Marvel and Hasbro have formed a deal to bring Rom and Micronauts uh, back. To do like the omnibuses, like the yeah. collected editions, first time ever, yeah, mm-hmm. through Marvel. And my 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 question is: Is this going to lead to new series of Rom and Micronauts? Dude, my answer in my head: Absolutely. There are so many old heads that would fill their pants if <laughs> if Marvel came out and they were like, Al Ewing's writing a new Rom series. Fuck that, Grant Morrison. Oh, my God. Now I'm filling my pants. (laughs) I think it makes sense. Uh, This deal makes sense to me. Hasbro, huge toy titan. Yeah. Marvel, killing it with the movies, the comics, 
I mean, they uh, Hasbro went to IDW for a while after they left Marvel. Um, and now that they see the success that Marvel and Disney is having, I mean, why wouldn't Hasbro want to sign a deal, make even more money? I, I would think they would make even even more money if like they made a, a a character that wound up in an MCU movie. Oh yeah, they'll be making the toys. Yeah, of that character. So I, I honestly think we'll see more Rom and Micronauts in comic books soon. Yeah, and in the MCU. Bet your bottom dollar. I I almost think not unless they can be sure that they own things outright and indefinitely. Because they're going to find themselves in the same problem that they were in, wherein they have gaps in their stories because Micronauts crossed over with X-Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's like, now we can't put those books in trades and we can't uh, publish collected editions of X-Men Micronauts stuff. Um as soon as they lose the rights to those things again, mm-hmm. that just all becomes so convoluted to figure out. I think to that point, though, I think there's more stability with Marvel now. I mean, I think I think Hasbro left in the 90s. No, 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 no. They, they It was in the 2000s when Hasbro and Marvel yeah. split. But, I mean, with the foundation they have now with Disney and all their movies, like, I... I I I'm, I imagine they can strike a deal that's beneficial to both parties. I would hope. Is so the thing that's that I'm trying to rack my brain over is the last Transformers comics that came out. Are those still on IDW? As far as I know, because that's a Hasbro yeah. property. Oh, you, you know what? You know what I'm I think saying? Hasbro left IDW. And so. There's no current Transformers series. That, that happened okay. uh, a year or so ago. IDW okay. lost a bunch of its licensing property. Interesting. Well, that would be sick. Transformers at Marvel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, all of that Hasbro stuff at Marvel yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. The, Pre- Mar- the Marvel pre-orders are just going to become a nightmare. Because there's already so many books to look through. Yeah. And if they keep adding stuff like... Planet of the Apes, Predator, mm-hmm. like all these movie and toy franchises just keep getting glommed on to Marvel. I'm going to have like a thousand books to look through. No, it's going to be way easier because then they'll just buy DC and you'll uh-huh. only have to have one previews book. Yeah. <laughs> you say nightmare. I say dream. Yeah. The Planet of the Apes series is fucking legit. It's dope. It's, I it's it. very good. It's too much stuff to buy. Some of the covers are amazing. Yeah. The alien and predator stuff, the predator stuff specifically, mm-hmm. is like some of the best predator material out there. Mm-hmm. That uh, is that Brisson? Yeah, Brisson's and writing. Philip Kennedy Johnston is doing Alien. He did Alien. Did yeah. Alien. Declan Shalvey. Declan writing, Shalvey, that's writing right, the yeah. current. Yeah, I mean, they have creators I love on all those books. That's what's so fucking crazy about. You think like these uh, movie tie-in. Um, Merchandise stuff would be like kind of throwaway from Marvel, but no, they just throw their best fucking writers and artists on there, which is great. I, I totally agree. It's like when I found out that Frank Miller was doing the RoboCop series. Yeah, <laughs> and that series is great. It's very good. Um, speaking of great things, did you hear that Ahoy Comics uh-huh. is doing a thirteen-part like prose series in the back of some of their books, written by none other? than Grant Morrison. No. Yeah, so it's a new thing they're going to be doing in the fall. It's kind of like how in The Watchmen they had that, you know, written story about the, the pirate. Or... the Black Freighter. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Um, so, like, 
Grant Morrison's writing this 13-part prose uh, wackadoo story for Ahoy Comics. Great. Are these across disparate issues? That's like, what it sounds like. Uh, you know? Yes. It's it's good. I think it's over. <laughs> I think it... Well, well, hold so on. so hard to read. <laughs> I, but the series that it's like spanned over yeah. all have a common theme. So if like one connects with you, chances are... The other, I think it's only two or three series that this is like weaving in and out of. Okay. So. That still gets a big sigh from me. Okay. Temper your size. No, that gets a big sigh from me. Okay. I'd rather buy. Would it help to say that Mark Russell is also attached to this? Okay. That makes a little better. Okay. See. But I, that's still harder for me to swallow than me having to buy 13 issues of an Ahoy series I don't care about. Now I have to buy five issues of three Ahoy series that I yeah, don't care about. <laughs> but you already buy 13 series of a DC thing that you don't care about either. Okay, now you're coming at me. <laughs> I'm just, Why I'm, are you calling me out I'm like just this? trying to say, with your with your boy, Grant you Morrison attached. you don't care about? <laughs> uh, because we're stupid. Because <laughs> Grant Morrison's writing it. I care about Grant Morrison. Yeah. And he cares about you too. Probably, he probably does. Oh, they yeah. probably do. I'm sorry, I can't yeah, yeah, that yeah. wrong. They definitely greet me in my mind palace while I'm sleeping. <laughs> um, Ahoy there, Vargas. Do you remember Joe Hill's imprint on DC that was like short-lived? It was called Hill House. Hill House, yeah. Hill House had a backup comic that was an homage to Watchmen. It was pirate-themed. Oh, okay. And it did the same thing, where if you bought every Hill House book, I remember that. you would get like... Three pages of a comic book. Obviously, oh, yeah. this is going to be like this is a prose like, prose thing. Yeah. Do you know how many pages each book it's going to be? Uh, no, no. I all I know is it's thirteen parts. I I'd, I'd be shocked if it was more than three pages. Yeah. Of of prose. Of I mean, just if like it's, dense. If text. it's just straight prose, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever re- read anything by Grant Morrison in prose. Dude, you have to read Super Gods. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's what's it about? It's his book about superheroes in pop culture. Is it fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Interesting. It's incredible. Really? Yeah. How big is it? That's a, it's an important question. I mean, Greg's, okay. out. Greg's out. Yeah. <laughs> Picture, pictures or no? No, it's a it's a book, like a text, almost a textbook. Gross. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's an incredible read. Okay, Super this Gods? Is, this is the episode Super where Gods. Greg finds out I'll that there's it. books without pictures. <laughs> yeah. What is this, hell? Uh, speaking of super gods, I have a gods, G-O-D-S, update uh-huh. for Marvel's oh, yeah. uh, Jonathan Hickman series. Uh, <laughs> here's the only reason I bring this up. The article I read threw in this line in the article, and I almost threw my computer out of the window <laughs> and said... Uh, Marvel Marvel's epic Gods, the series which has been described as Marvel's answer to Sandman. Full stop. Okay. Full fucking stop. <laughs> like, let's not even tr- attempt to, to do that. Like, the series isn't even out yet. Let's not try to uh, like compare it to maybe one of the greatest written things in comic books. <laughs> you know what we need is our own Sandman in yeah. 2023. Like, fucking get over yourself. <laughs> and. Nothing against Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman is one of the greatest living comic book writers, mm-hmm. but he's not Neil Gaiman. <laughs> like, not yet. Not. I mean, yet. 
the, I guess this this could be his Sandman. Sure, why not? But that is a lofty statement for a book that's not out yet. And also, there's no fucking way it will be. Yeah, of course it won't be. Because Sandman lives in like the indie comic sphere of like unattached to anything. Yeah, it's original yeah. character, original story. Yeah, they had they had, didn't have an editor just be like, well, you can't do that with that character because they're doing like this is already behind so much Marvel red tape. I don't care if it is Jonathan Hickman and they're doing all these amazing like I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's never gonna touch. Sandman. Yeah. It, to to equate an event book That's to, exactly, yes. to, to anything like that is a little bit... It's like saying Empire was is better than Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, in what fucking world? Yeah. 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 So You know how World War Hulk is like Preacher. Yeah. <laughs> or like Champions is, uh, you know, of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. Our, our podcast <laughs> is an answer to the White Album. Yeah. I mean, the gray album minimum. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to, uh, they showed off some like characters that will be showing up in uh, the series that are like going to be part of the new hierarchy or behind the scenes cosmic shit that's going to be happening with gods. And some of these names are fucking wild. Yeah. First of all, there's Wynn, a powerful magic expert who's operated in secret for thousands of years and is now forced to come out of the shadows. Uh-huh. How is that spelled? Uh, as dumb as you think. W-Y-N. Oh, okay. You think I said it wrong? No. No, I was just wondering. I didn't know if it was that like, like N- N-G. Oh, no. Y-U. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's more, it's more mystical than yeah. okay. <laughs> rooted in reality. Dimitri the Science Boy. Uh-huh. That's the full Dimitri Th- the Science Boy. That is boy's how it name. is given to us. Okay. So already <laughs> on par with Sandman. Uh-huh. Uh Wynn's reckless partner, who has a secret mission of his own discover to discover the dark truth of his past. Maya the magic girl, a young sorcerer struggling <laughs> to achieve her full potential. And Cubisk Core, a mysterious being of pure corruption seeking to shatter the existing systems. Cubis. Now, <laughs> with names like that, I'm kind of pulling back my excitement for gods. I think there are Kirby-esque homage names. They, oh, they totally. Is yeah. what I get the impression of. And I, I saw the variant covers, and they all just look like folks. Yeah. Like, they don't, they're not wearing, like, capes and... Except uh, Cubic's core, who looks like he'd been, looks like the, the mass magician hit oh, with, yeah, like, a yeah. piece of metal. Yeah, he's got a thing. But, like, <laughs> the other three, <laughs> the other three are just, like, yeah, dudes. Pe- yeah, humans. Yeah. Humanoids. <laughs> so... Because I saw the the one where it was, like, Dimitri, because they're doing variants across Marvel series, of course, uh-huh. for all these different people. Mm-hmm. So it's like Dimitri standing next to Moon Knight, and it's just like a guy, right, standing next to Moon Knight like on the to top like, of a building or whatever. They went to J.C. Penney's and got like pictures taken. It's just like <laughs> these variant covers aren't really dynamic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So with that, where you where are we standing with gods? Do we build them up or tear them down? <laughs> I'm incredibly excited to read this thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm super yeah, jazzed I about it. I can't wait to yeah. figure out what the heck it is. For sure. Well, stay tuned, folks. Work. I mean, the concept sounded great. To see if it stands up to Sandman in any way. I think part of me thinks that 
the creators might even cringe at that statement. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. This was probably like Marvel PR being like, it kind of reminds us of something Sandman-esque. And then they worded it in a way that was like, man, you just don't say that to comic book fans. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you don't say we've got an answer to. Because you're almost just like, do you mean like in scope? Yeah. Like right. it's going to be big and vast or like... Because, like, you don't, yeah, you don't do that mm-hmm. shit. Like, you don't compare a, but, pe- a masterpiece to something that hasn't even come out yet. But even right. then, if you're trying to compare the scope of Sandman, it's it's way less abrasive to say it's on the scope of the Eternals or New Gods. Totally. Right? Yeah. Compared to something in-house. <laughs> yeah. So something a little more up Marvel's alley than yeah. Sandman. <laughs> yeah, because like Machine Gun Kelly can't come out and be like, "Hey, you, you like pet sounds? Well, <laughs> oh my wait till God. you hear this new fucking album." <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> my new album, Kill Shelter. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> That's all the news I got. Yeah, I don't have any. Let's get into them comics. What'd you guys read this week? Uh, do you want to talk about Fury? Yeah, we can talk about Fury. I uh, can I say. I love the cover you have here. Is that Chris Samney? Chris Samney. Beautiful cover. Genius. Uh, Fury by Al Ewing. Yep. And a whole bunch of artists. A a plethora of artists. Um, I want to wag my finger at Marvel Marvel real quick. Careful. Because... Fingers out. Fury, seemingly an unassuming, unassuming book, written by Al Ewing, blew my socks off. Yeah. Cosmic Ghost Rider... Unassuming book written by Stephanie Phillips blew my fucking socks off. Uh-huh. Stop doing this. <laughs> You're giving the attention to the wrong books. Like there should be a giant spotlight on Fury this week because yeah. it did something that it shouldn't have been able to do, which was take 50 years of Nick Fury history and make it into a straight line. Yeah. And everyone fucking understands what's happening. And set the record straight for a lot of like clean up all these hanging Nick mm-hmm. Fury loose ends yep. and pave the way for Nick Fury moving forward. Oh my God. It like opened the door to where Nick Fury pun intended yeah. is going to be going from here on out. Yeah. Uh, to give you some context, this wraps in every Nick Fury that you've ever met. Yeah. Uh, we have ultimate Nick Fury. We have classic Jim Stranecko. Uh, Nick Fury, uh-huh. and then we have uh, what's what's the other one? The World War Two Nick Fury. World War Two Nick Fury. Because there's there's it, the World War Two Nick Fury. I think is like technically like a Jake Fury. Mm-hmm. And then there's Nick Fury Senior. Yes. Who is Nick Fury Junior's Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury's dad? Yes. Which I apparently forgot. Yeah. Because during that whole thing, I was just like, oh yeah, they're like. <laughs> That's related. Well, that's one of the great things this book does is it brings all those folks, those related dudes together, mm-hmm. lays out the timeline in a way that makes sense, mm-hmm. and it kind of establishes their relationship to each other. Yes. Wraps up Nick Fury on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. The man on the wall who has been there since 2015. Ever since original, original, original Sin. Sin. Maybe yeah. even before 2015. Yeah. And the way they handled that story was <laughs> incredible. So cool. And I think we may even get some stuff with him in his new journey that he's going on. I hope so. Because that sounds rad. Yeah. Um, and it it was really brilliant that Al Ewing was just like, uh, we got too many Nick Furies. 
Yeah. Let's just simple, uh, simplify it, make one Nick Fury. Let's explain it right now. And they added another acronym group of villains yep. called Scorpio. Or I guess, is this a That's pre-existing Scorpio? Thing, yeah. yeah. They they threw them in the mix. This was Acronym City. Yeah, Scorpio, Zodiac, what uh-huh. uh, Ace Shield. Yeah, they mentioned all Orcus. Or- like, yeah, everyone's mentioned. Um, so they wrap all that stuff up, and it's really fucking funny. Yeah, uh, they call Nick Fury a, a Nepo baby. Yeah, <laughs> which is incredible. Yeah, um, and it it actually got me excited to read more Nick Fury shit. Yeah, and man. that's hard to do. That's that is really hard to do. Which I don't understand because Fury is just Marvel's James Bond. It's their in-house James Bond yeah, character. But they haven't done that. They totally underutilize him. I and I hope that it changes with this new TV show coming out. Uh <laughs> yeah, Secret, Secret Invasion, Invasion, which is basically going to be a Marvel James Bond series. I'm so excited for that because I mean this book was incredible and so easy to understand. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, this was my pick of the week, Fury. I, I'm shocked to say it myself, folks. One of the things I want to highlight, and I'm just going to flip through this for Mike D, mm. is so Nick Fury Jr. goes on an adventure and he starts the plot mm-hmm. and then he references his family uh, like lineage f- files. Yes. He's like flipping uh-huh. through the files, right? So he pulls out these files and they're called what? P- Picto files mm-hmm. or something. They're, they're just comic they're books. They're comic books. They're just Nick Fury <laughs> stories mm-hmm. in Avengers, in like in continuity, you know, whatever. So the panel starts and it, he pulls out this file and it's like the cover of a comic book. And then it goes into, into that comic, into the comic. comic book. Yeah, that's cool. And, and then, then just continues. Yeah, and like in when they do like the in comic book world, he's wearing the classic Jim Straneco yeah space suit. Yeah, that's rad. So the way they even have like weaved that story in is just like uh, no better person to handle this than Al Ewing, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And the the artist changes. There were two or three artists in this book. Yeah. Yep. So. It's super fun, well worth your six bucks. Mm-hmm. If yeah, totally. Yeah. A- and Andy and I were talking before the show started that this may be kind of a taste of what they're going to be trying to do with gods. Yeah. Because at the end of the book, they've mentioned all these doorways and all these different keys that Zodiac has around the world that can do a massive damage or have immense power. So, I mean, who knows what this is setting up, but, yeah. I mean, thrilling to say the least. Yeah. We have LMDs in this? Yep. We do. Right that, off the start. How do you have a Nick Fury book without <laughs> LMDs? True. That's, could... <laughs> that's a thing that I roll my eyes at. I don't know if they made a gag out of it. So, they they make an entire squad uh-huh. of Nick Fury Jr. LMDs, okay. and he, like, assaults the base with yeah. a team of himself. Of, okay, yeah. got it, yeah. <laughs> And he has like a laser gloves, yeah. In this, where he can shoot lasers from his fingers, like uh-huh. like a gun. It's so sick. Yeah, it's a great book. It, it, it was very heartwarming, charming, campy. Like yeah. it was just badass. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I read last week the Hulk annual that we were also excited about. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Um, and this was as good as you expect a David Pepos book to be. Um, especially given the uh, the premise of a documentary crew going mm-hmm. out to film the Hulk, and you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, they find the Hulk, and he's fighting 
you know, a giant mutant monster. Um, <laughs> was he fighting uh, Giganto or something? They don't name him Giganto, but it lo- definitely looked like Giganto. Gotcha. Um, and <laughs> and th- they also have a, a little cameo appearance from the Mole Man. Oh, nice. <laughs> from oh, yeah. Fantastic Four number one. Mm-hmm. That was super funny. But yeah, this was a, a great annual. Um, it leads kind of directly into Philip Kennedy Johnson's Hulk number one. Mm-hmm. There's a little epilogue that ties this story directly into uh, whatever's going to happen there. Um, that's going to be exciting. That's going to be very cool, uh, especially because it's Nick Klein and Philip Kennedy Johnson. Yeah, that, great team. That yeah. book's going to rip. So um, if you're in the mood for a Cloverfield-style book mm-hmm. uh, in the Marvel Universe, the Hulk annual is... A great one shot again, especially for five bucks. Yeah, totally worth it. Uh, David Pepos on Twitter shared an image of a Blair Witch homage he put in the book oh, of yeah. like the mom in holding like a, a kid in like a red coat or whatever is uh-huh. like a complete rip from the Blair Witch Project. But be- like before the movie gets all creepy of like the mom in the movie just like don't go out and like you don't need to do all that and. <laughs> He said he put it in the book and thought it would be like kind of a funny Easter egg to hide even more found footage stuff in his book. That's great. I missed that. I'll have to go through it again. My problem with this and other annuals that are coming out with Marvel is how small they write the word annual on this. I mean, you almost have to get is it out on there? A oh, mag- what the fuck? You almost have to get out a magnifying glass to read that that's an annual. Yeah, it's up in the corner. I'll call it a corner box. Yeah. Where it's it says Marvel 1 and then below it it says like where the legacy number would be, yes, I the suppose. Le- mm-hmm. And your eyes typically just breeze right over that, right? Yeah. And to think about if you're a... Newbie? <laughs> kind of a newbie, or you're just looking for like a jumping on point. Like that's not what you're going to get. And you're going to be hella confused when a second Hulk 1 comes out in a month. Yeah. They're going to have two Hulk number ones yeah. come out at least you're a getting, month apart. At least you're getting a complete story, though. Yeah, that's true. It's not like... Yeah. Like... I, yeah, I I can see how that, I don't know, it, this is a good jumping on point, I would say, but it's, number one is probably going to be the better jumping on point. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this this feels disingenuous to me, because annuals are for, like, biggins, long-time readers, mm-hmm. right? And then a first issue is for more of gen pop. You know what? And I like they're going to sell a lot more of these with people thinking that this is a new series i guarantee half of the people who bought this comic just like browsing through their shop yeah didn't know it was an annual i agree i don't think annual should have a number on them i you know what i mean i'm totally behind that it just it should say say hulk annual because the one you're right completely throws you off they should if you want to do sometimes they do multiple annuals in a year (laughs) do like yeah do like a january annual and a june annual put the month on it put the year in it yeah put the year in it hulk marvel 2023 Uh hulk winter special (laughs) oh hell yeah that sounds pleasant Mm -hmm. thank you hulk in earmuffs but no they do that they do this numbering to sell more and also this is my final plea to marvel and dc Make annual square bound again. Like, make them be. I remember when annuals were like the phone book. Yeah. Like, they were just stuffed to the gills. Yeah. Well, come on. Yeah. Hashtag, Pre- come on. Prestige annuals. <laughs> head, head to the social media, folks. Hashtag, come on. 
<laughs> Let's get annuals the size they need to be. Um, What'd you read, Mike D? Yeah, Mike D. I, I'm uh, I'm waiting this weekend for a shipment of an entire month's worth Ooh. of comics to arrive. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little behind on um, the latest issues. So you can like sit in your box like a beanbag chair. Yeah, <laughs> exactly your right. I've also been playing a lot of Tears of the Kingdom. Sure. So I haven't been reading because of that. Some Zelda. I did read a handful of graphic novels, um, Ephemera, uh, Keeping Two, and what was the last one? Oh, um, shit, Flavor Girls. Which is oh, a boom, yeah. boom I remember book. Flavor Girls. I, I read the first issue of Flavor Girls, which is kind of like a Sailor Moon take. Mm-hmm. Um and it was really fun. Um I don't know if we should if I should recap those or if I should save that for um We should do a like special an, Mike, like a special graphic yeah. novel kind of episode. Mike Trades episode. Mike Trades. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Speaking of super fun things, I read Super Massive. Yep. Uh, out on Image, I believe. Is it's, it a massive verse book? Yes, it's by Kyle Higgins, Ryan Parrott, Melissa Flores, and Matt Grom. It's in. Oh, I love Matt Grom. He's in. It's in the world of Radiant Black, Radiant Pink, uh, Dead Lucky, No One, No One, which is an amazing series. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, this is like their big event book. It's like one of their. It's like an annual for them. Okay. So all the characters yeah, are I was coming together. Say, there was a book called Supermassive like a year ago. Yes. So this is kind of like their thing where they get all, uh, not all, but a lot of the characters from that universe together to solve uh, a big problem in their world. Was this a number one? No, just a Supermassive. It's just Supermassive. Yeah. It doesn't even have a number. They fucking did it right. What do you What do you know How about that? Um, <laughs> is this like a crisis? No. What do you mean? Like, 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 like a Crisis on Infinite Earths Yeah, like an or? event where they're no. like, oh, huh. look, Batman, there's Green Arrow. No, uh-uh, okay. no. Uh, so that's what's great about the massive verse. Like, they all know about each other. Oh, okay. And so uh, I- I've said this from the beginning with Radiant Black and all the subsequent books that have come out. Uh, it-, it maintains its fun. Like, it's a book that is well-written, well-illustrated, has a good time. I, I don't want to, like say it doesn't take itself too seriously because that makes it seem like it's like kiddish or like you know not really well put together but it's just a fun book about um young adults with powers and suits and stuff and like uh like kyle higgins and ryan parrot are from power rangers uh adjacent books so they basically just like took their version of that into image and are making this a sprawling, massive universe with these characters that seem relatable and uh, fun to be around. And it's uh, they have a way of writing dialogue that's relatable and like like how people actually talk in the real world. Yeah, it's very colloquial. I think they've done a they've I mean, obviously, I, I don't have to tell you they've done a great job of this, but all the time comic book creators are constantly trying to create the formula mm. for an integrated universe on a publisher that isn't Marvel and DC. Right. So you can own it all mm-hmm. and benefit from all that stuff. Um, how many times has 
Valiant tried to <sighs> kind of reboot all these characters, and it's sometimes you get some avail there, yeah. <laughs> and other times it's not so hot, but they're constantly redoing it. Um, a lot of other creators have done imprints or grandiose stories that don't get you rolling. I think starting with something like a Radiant Black. Oh, yeah. That gets a little, like, a lot of hype. Mm -hmm. And then... Building from there. Building from there and spurring off of it, not starting with the big thing first Mm -hmm. and starting with the small thing and then growing while it's still fresh and hot in people's minds. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times you'd say, okay, I've done 20-some issues of this comic book. People like it. Let's do a tie-in. At that point, some of the hype has died down. Right. And these guys, when the the iron was still hot from Radiant Black, were like, we're doing a second book. Yeah. And then a third, and then a fourth. They just came so quickly. Well, and and what they didn't do... They're they're keeping it all in house, so yeah. like mm-hmm. it would have been easy to do Radiant Black X Spawn, uh-huh. right? Sure. And they hopefully purposefully didn't do that because that would have been a shitty book because mm-hmm. Todd McFarlane would have written it and they would have sold a million copies, but yeah. like it would have been terrible and would've, it would have killed the direction of their would have been a little shark jumpy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the end of this book because it fucking rips. Spawn shows up. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. But the great thing about this book and this series is it it found its lane quickly, stayed in it, and then just built on it more and more and more. Uh And it, it, it shouldn't have happened this way as successfully as it did, but it has, wherein they introduce, like you said, Radiant Red, Radiant Pink, Dead Lucky, rogue son Mm -hmm. and normally you would introduce that in the same series yeah it would be radiant black and then these characters would show up what they did was they just added different series of books in addition to radiant black and they all like converge into one point and then separate again and then converge again and it 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 shouldn't work like that especially at an indie publisher like image in this new series It, it shouldn't be as successful with that but they've somehow caught lightning in a bottle Five different times. Yeah. And people have just gobbled it up. My th- my big thing when it started, and um, back when we had the Budget King who didn't want to spend a lot of money on comics. R.I.P. Uh, his, his take, obviously, being a budget guy, mm-hmm. was that how do you expect me a few months in mm-hmm. to be buying multiple titles every month right. to stay in your universe? And it kind of is a big ask for something so new. It's a, it's a huge ask. But I th- again, I think people are excited mm-hmm. about those books. And maybe when you fell off of Radiant Black, you kept reading Rogue Sun. Mm-hmm. And it kind of kept you tied to the universe that you can jump back in it after something like a Supermassive comes out. Yeah. You're like, oh, I did dig that. I'll start buying Radiant Black again. Um, and this starts to become... A little more of like a easy X verse or Spider Verse thing for you. Like, yeah. if you're a Spider Man freak, you're buying tons of titles every month. If you're an X Men freak, you're buying mm-hmm. half a comic shop a month. Like, this is, um, 
that on a on a manageable scale. Yeah, it's with it's good creators. Yeah, it's 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 new. Uh, new readers are really attracted to it, and so I think that's why it's kind of taken off. Like they don't have twenty years of spider history to go back and learn or any shit like that. Like the last series I've seen do it as successfully as the supermassive verse is doing it is Jeff Lemire's Black Hammer. Yeah. Like yeah. that 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 when that series dropped, it was earth shattering. It was so good and like they had different tie-ins and stuff and it just all worked. But that was still way more indie. I mean partially because it was on Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. But like Black Hammer was is still way more indie than Yeah. Than, than Radiant uh, Black mm-hmm. is. I, I would agree, but like and I, I Black Hammer didn't I don't think they went to um, alternate titles and tie-ins as quick no. as oh, no, hell yeah. no. Radiant Black did. Yeah. No. Um, Eventually they got there. Where they, they were doing like, you know, mostly minis. Yeah. Whereas Radiant Black or Supermassive has so many ongoings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can think of five off the top of my head. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Um, I really do think, I said it again and... I'm bad at reiterating myself, but I really do think they've created this kind of mold that people thought this is too much of a buy-in to ask of people. Yeah. But you're finding out that people are into these indie-type stories, and if mm-hmm. you've got good creators and create a universe really quickly mm-hmm. while the hype surrounding one book is hot and you're just building constantly with the more titles, I mean, like... Think about how much no one was selling for on the secondary right. market right away. Right. And that's a book that t- a shit ton of people pre-ordered because they know it ties into this. And it was still a highly sought after book. It's crazy. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of creators instead of doing their um, new book. You might have somebody like a Rick Remender or a Jonathan Hickman be like, all right, I've got five books planned for the next two months that I'm going to kick off. You know what I mean? Or more like six months. Yeah. yeah. The next six months, instead of bringing one book to image that I'm going to be writing, Mm -hmm. I'm plotting out this big thing. Yeah. No, that's uh, it. They've definitely created the mold for other people to follow. Sure. And it's, it's up to the new creators to succeed or not. Yes. And um, I don't know. I think, I think what they've created over there in, in the massive verse is very unique. Um, I mean, with no one, they created a specific podcast just to go along with the book. Like, yeah, that's fucking unheard of. Yeah, and they got celebrities. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Massive celebrities to do it. Yeah, pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I read Supermassive. It was a lot of fun. Uh, If you like the Massive Verse, you're gonna love this. Uh, Like I said, there's a, a a cheeky little cameo at the end of this book. It's Spawn. I'm not gonna say yes or no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let Supermassive wash over you. Uh, well, I'll do a couple of books rapid fire. Yeah, go for it. We got plenty of time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Time. I read. Well, I'll go last week first. Then Uh, I read Titans Mm -hmm. out on DC. Dawn of DC. This is their replacement for the Justice League because Justice League has disbanded. Um, Okay. So Titans are now the premier super team on Earth. Oh, is this the book that everyone was mad about because Tom Taylor was on it? Probably. But it's Tom Taylor and Nicholas Scott. 
Hey, which, why are people I, mad about Tom, Tom Taylor? Uh, because people don't realize that Tom Taylor is an amazing writer. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. And they just, like, for whatever reason, people love dogging on Tom Taylor. Really? I didn't know that. Oh. Leave I, Tom Taylor alone, I will everybody. protect that writer till the end of my days. Yeah, Tom Taylor <laughs> rules. Yeah. He gave us spider bites, so shut the fuck up. He, I mean, he gave us a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. Well, this book was really good. It um, re-familiarizes you with a lot of these teen characters. Mm-hmm. Um, they're are any of them teenagers? Acne. No, 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 no. None of them are teenagers. Um, they're just that's why they're just titans. <laughs> they're just titans Not now. Teen okay. Titans. But um, there is a murder mystery at the the heart of this book. Oh, and anytime there's a superhero murder mystery, uh, that that gets me. I like that a lot. Oh. Um, you like a good clue. I do. I like it. Um, there's a, a budding romance between uh, Raven and Beast Boy. Ooh. There is, you know, whatever, all these people trying to step up to fill the shoes of their protégés at the Justice League. Mm. Um, Are they all still living together? <laughs> like in some weird animal house? That's that's the the beginning of that's like the impetus of the story is they're moving in back into titan tower okay cool so they're gonna be living together <laughs> that's like that's like moving shaped in. building that yeah. defies gravity <laughs> yeah it's like moving back in with your parents well they make a bunch of jokes about that. oh man it's, it's great um no super fun book tom taylor rules nicholas scott's art is like second to none mm-hmm. she's an absolutely incredible artist hell yeah um, if anybody out there read uh, Black Magic, that's oh right, yeah, hell she, yeah, she did that. Okay, with Greg Rucka, nice. So it's great. Um, Bring the motherfucking Rucka. I also read The Avengers number one from Jed McKay and uh, CF Via, the yearly number one Avengers book. <laughs> uh, there I'm, hasn't been. I'm kidding. I was gonna I'm say kidding. there hasn't been an Avengers number one <laughs> well, in like seven years. Holy shit, you wound up for that. <laughs> I'm tired of people dogging <laughs> on that last Avengers series. I, I'm with you. So I'm, I loved yeah. Jason Aaron's Avengers. I loved it too. Well, and this one is gearing up to be just as good. Um, I mean, Jed McKay is my boy. Uh, I'm just waiting mm-hmm. for the book to change its title to Moon Knight and Friends. <laughs> uh, no, this is great. Um, Captain Marvel becomes the chairperson of the Avengers. I okay. love it. So she is gathering her crew, her new uh, like Avengers A-team. Mm-hmm. Um and she recruits Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, Vision, uh, Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man. So I'm confused because in the new Black Panther solicits, uh-huh. it almost seems like Black Panther is a fugitive or like on the run or that, something. That is correct. He is no longer the king of Wakanda. Okay. So he has been exiled. Okay. From Wakanda. Um but he is recruited to be an Avenger nonetheless for reasons that you can read about if you buy the book. It's Spawn, isn't it? It's Spawn. You got <laughs> Spawn it. Spawn is an it, Avengers. The, God damn it. Black Panther is the crossover in Supermassive. You got it. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, but no, this is great. Again, it's, you know, they're all teaming up to fight some giant monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of cuts back and forth to why Captain Marvel picked these individuals to be on the team. Yeah. And there's a great scene when she's recruiting uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, where Sam and Steve are in a boxing gym training against each other, and they all three of them just all call each other Cap. 
<laughs> and it's great. I love that. They do a whole like who's on first thing. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, there is something always very exciting when a new Avengers title, like number one comes out. Oh yeah. Like I felt the same way when Jason Aaron started his and uh, like the, you got the first Avengers tower. That is the old um, uh, Eternals. Oh yeah. The Avengers mountain. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, there's just something kind of fun and like, like you're going on a new journey in D and D and like, you don't know what's up ahead. So this has the same kind of vibe to me of just like, Ooh, what's Jed got in store for us? And this, what, what I love about Jed McKay specifically is he, he really lays out how he's going to use each character. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause th- again, the story is Captain Marvel picking these specific people to be on the team and she talks about why. So oh, cool. Jed literally lays it out on the page of like, I'm, I'm using Tony Stark because of his, you know, the Money. man, the man under the armor, oh, right? Yeah. Not, not for <laughs> Iron Man, but for who Tony Stark is, okay. you know, I'm, I'm using Thor because he's got this perspective of a God, you know, and he's the most powerful being on the planet, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So very cool. I'm very excited about Avengers, uh, and Jed McKay rules. Do we know, I'm going to put this to the group, do we know if there's ever been an Avengers title that hasn't featured Cap, Thor, or Iron Man? Uh, Mainline Avengers? Yes. Probably back in the 90s. Okay. When, like... It just seems like they can't make an Avengers book without including one of those three. Yeah, I don't know who the lineup was when, like, Black Knight was the leader. Oh, good call. You know what I'm talking about? I think Thor was there. If but not, was it Thor or was, or was it, it like, like Thunderstrike? Thunderstrike? Yeah, Ugh, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, yeah. probably, there's been a ton of Avengers lineups. I'll have to look but, into that. That's, if you know the answer, save me some time and find us on Twitter. For sure. Or something or the Discord. Yeah, Pixar it didn't happen, though. Yeah. Um, and the other book I read, the last number one, is City Boy. City Boy? Came out this week. Um, this is a Greg Pak book, so I had to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um the cover was just so intriguing to me. I don't know anything about the character because I didn't read, what was it, Lazarus Planet? Yeah. Um, so can he, like, draw stuff and it comes to life? What no, is that? he's, like, connected to a city. Like, he has the ability to, like, psychically talk to cities. Like as, a street lamp. Yeah, like, as if it was an organism. Whoa. So he's kind of, like, he's tapped into everything in the city. And he uses this power at the beginning of the book to find stuff that's lost mm-hmm. and make money from it. So like, uh, like, like anyone would do like anyone would do. So like, he like finds a Rolex in, in a gutter and takes it to a pawn shop. And, mm-hmm. and that's how he's like making his living. So this is like how warlock can talk to Krakoa. Yeah, that's exactly right. But he can do that with any city that he's in. Okay, cool. Yeah. But he also has the ability to like, physically change the structure of the city should he choose to like he can he can turn like a walgreens into a cvs yeah exactly you nailed it just the first thing that came to my mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah he can turn an applebee's into a chili's with the snap of his fingers wrong way flip it (laughs) for real um no this is uh this is one of those um we are legends books that uh, DC's doing. Mm-hmm. So at some point I'm 
presuming that this will cross over with like Vigil and Spirit World and mm, right whatever that other one was. Um, but this was a, a super entertaining book. Again, there's like a mystery at the heart of it of you know who are the people that gave him his powers and why and oh gotcha you know who's who's he working for and who are so these he, people he hasn't that are had these him. forever no he, he's had them for like 10 years or something i love these books like this he's 11 give somebody a <laughs> power set that is like what do you do with that in a comic book yeah right. <laughs> you know what i mean and the first issue is kind of like oh like kind of what i thought like <laughs> yeah you're just like finding huh. lost stuff around town and uh where it goes from there is going to get, I'm because Greg Pak's writing it. Right. Oh yeah, it's for gonna, sure. It's going to get crazy. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, the character design's really cool. He's just wearing like streetwear, but he's got like a uh, line across his jacket that's makes a city landscape. Yeah. Or like a what do you call that? Skyline. 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 Yeah. D, uh, DC does this a lot with characters that they introduce a new power, and you're like, huh. Yeah. Okay, like how damage could only be damage for one hour of the day, where yeah, like right. he's like this big hulking creature, but only for an hour, like Hour Man. Yeah, and you're just, <laughs> and you're just like, what am I gonna do with this? Like that's stupid. Yeah, and so there's so many of those where you're just like, huh? Well, let's see if it works. Yep. I what I'm hoping is that this book has like a lot of legs because looks like two on the cover. <sighs> That was the podcast. <laughs> uh, my hope is that they let Greg Pack do whatever he wants with this because doing something like Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, where he shot Swamp Thing into space, oh, right. would be incredible with someone who has the ability to talk to cities. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, go to an alien planet. Go to an alien planet, That'd and he cool. can talk to their city. Put him in the bottle city of Candor. Right? Oh, okay. Superman. Now you, we're, th- yeah, now we're going somewhere. Right? There's a lot of stuff you could do with this interesting character because other than his city stuff, he's just a dude, right? Like he can't shoot laser beams. He can't mm-hmm. whatever. But I think there's a lot of a lot of potential. So here. like the does like the city communicate with him like through words or like through like. uh No, he can just like see it. So like he's like someone lost their backpack and the city's like it's over here. It's it's more like somebody lost their backpack and like how Swamp Thing communicates with the green. Okay. It's more like that, where he's so like, like constantly okay. in contact with every part of the city, and it's like a spidey sense kind of thing where he, he just knows where stuff okay. is. So like the street isn't just like, hey, can you tell people to quit spitting on me? <laughs> like, yeah. This sucks. Yeah, the street's not like, oh, gum again. Sentient, just right. like kill me. Yeah. It's more like he's he's a part of this organism okay that, that so it's exactly like warlock and krokoa like yeah just the in, in swamp thing and the green of just like you are entangled in the energy of the city and can use it to your benefit yeah exactly okay that it's, will be interesting to see how they mm-hmm. stretch that out into a character if google yeah. maps was a power yeah yeah but if ways was a human <laughs> if, <laughs> right. if google maps was a power but you could you could edit the app and it would edit the city. Yeah. <laughs> Superman called MapQuest. <laughs> I lost my keys. Yeah, so City Boy out on DC. What a week. Yeah, indeed. We did it again. If you're just dying for more, meet us over on the Patreon. Oh, and a new thing that Patreon let us do, you can have a seven-day free trial to, oh. the, to the Patreon. 
Okay. So if you want to try it for free, go to patreon.com backslash first issue club, click the free trial, check us out, and dip. We've got well over 100 episodes there. Mm-hmm. If well do, over six videos. If you do a week-long trial, lock yourself in a room for several days straight. Mm-hmm. You could probably get through. Preferably the bathroom. <laughs> right? Right, yeah. It's got to go somewhere. It's true, it does. <laughs> Back in again? <laughs> what is this, human centipede? Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club, and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.